We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Scott, I know whenever I'm trying to get a deal done, the first thing I do is reject a request to have a moderator present. Is that how you operate as well? Yeah, I don't want a moderator. I want to do the deal myself. Of course, I'm going to just make sure that the terms that I want are the ones that come across. That's all MLB say, or the, the players are saying. We're like, why are we bargaining? The deal that we made is a good deal. <laughs> just accept it. That's that's how this works. Just accept it. Max Scherzer, just accept it. It's a deal that, that works for everybody, clearly. Yeah. So just accept the deal. We don't need no we don't need no stinking moderator. It's becoming exhausting following the news with the, these two sides in the lockout. It's February 9th as we're recording this. Pitchers and catchers typically report right around Valentine's Day, which is next week. It's five days away, for God's sake. That's obviously not happening. Neither it, it, nothing has been announced as far as the regular season is being delayed or spring training is going to be on this date or whatever. We all know. It's there. It's just like, when are they going to announce it? And it's just every time I either get an update from the MLB app or I, I see something on Twitter or Google, I, I kind of have to look at it, you know, like like a like like a scared kid looks between his eye, looks between his fingers, like blocking his eyes. Like, oh, what's it going to be now with these two sides? That's how I feel. Yeah. And Manfred's, uh, you know, scheduled to talk on Thursday. And that's probably where it's going to happen. He's going to talk about, you know, the the unwillingness of the Players Association and the the fact that the owners are trying to get a deal done, but nothing's happening. And most likely, uh, I, I assume there'll be some kind of an announcement or, or you know, at least he'll discuss the fact that this season is going to be delayed in some capacity, whether it's spring training or the regular season. Obviously, they're going to hold that as long as humanly possible, I think, for the regular season announcement. But yeah, writing's on the wall. Writing's been on the wall. Um, but at least we'll get some minor leaguers maybe that are not part of the 40 man. We'll, we'll see some not grown men throwing balls back and forth, but kids throwing Bare, balls back Barely and forth. done with puberty, 16, 17 year olds in some cases out there. Obviously, no, they're all 18 years old, but uh, I'm exaggerating. No, yeah. So we'll have the Manfred speaking to the media on Thursday. Then Tony Clark, I'm sure, will release a statement in some form, either on social media or in a or a nicely photoshopped graphic in a, in a letter. In a, we'll, we'll all receive a telegram with Tony Clark's statement at some point, uh, 24 hours, 48 hours after Manfred speaks. 
yeah, both sides, to your point, think their deal is a good deal. The other side is saying, no, your deal sucks. My deal is the good deal. It's like it's like two children. It's two very, very rich and powerful children arguing with one another. And we're all just sitting here like, you guys going to play baseball this year? How about it? How about it? Let's see some let's see some 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 action this summer, please. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting to a point where they're just yelling at each other and no one's listening. There was a tweet. That's a bad. That's a bad place to be when you're trying to negotiate a a, a collective bargaining agreement when two sides have to agree on something. If we're just if we're just saying the same thing and it's not being heard or you know efforts being made to meet somewhere in the middle, I, I just I don't I don't know how we get to a point that uh, these these two sides are. You know, at least being respectful to each other to to listen and make an attempt to to come to some type of an agreement. It doesn't even seem like that's happening. Anymore. So, do you remember Jared Diamond? He 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 writes for Wall Street Journal. He was on our podcast a uh, number of years ago. Yes. He t- he tweeted the other day a question: When do baseball fans go from angry to apathy as it pertains to the MLB lockout? I thought it was kind of an interesting question because. I kind of reached that point as they were negotiating to start the 2020 season and and it just took forever to even get on the field during the pandemic and they were arguing over are we going to play 80 games are we going to play 70 games are we going to play 60 games like the pettiness started then so I feel like it's been 2 years of this. So I think for a lot of baseball fans they're probably in the same boat I am. Like it's been a while of this because it has. It's been two years, basically, of these two sides bitching at one another. And for the casual fan, I, I, do they even know that this is happening? Like the casual baseball fan doesn't think about baseball until after the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? The Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. And then there's NBA going on and there's March Madness right around the corner. And it's like, I don't know, a casual sports fan can just very easily just forget about baseball, I think. Yeah, well, they're yeah they're looking for their cues that they have every year. But the thing is, is that in 2020 we got, you know, a lot of those cues got taken away. I think, and and people's expectations got, unfortunately, in a bad place because of all of the, you know, the the nonsense with uh, the way that they are acting together to get them back on the field after COVID, and and just the the unwillingness to uh, to see eye to eye in any way, and and actually you know do it for the. The benefit of the fan, and, and clearly that's that's who's losing probably the most here is the fan. We get we get nothing. We get nothing from these guys. And when we're you're looking at a casual fan who's trying to get back into it, obviously nothing to get back into. But anger and uh, apathy for the the people that are following this, like it's exhausting at this point. I, I don't think that the word anger. I'm not angry anymore because I'm used to it. I think anger is one of the first states of emotion you get to when something is a little newer. It's like a raw emotion that you get. At this point, I'm just over it, over the fact that these guys don't, you know, have anything in in sight as far as making a deal or, you know, even even stressing the fact of the importantness to get on the field uh, for the fans' sake. That that none of that is 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 layered into this as, as it seems from the outside, and that and that's what's frustrating and. If they don't care, then why should other people care? That's where people are going to go. And that's a really bad place for anybody to be when you're a fan of a sport. For sure. So Jameson Tyon tweeted, he replied to Jeff Passan's tweet <clears throat> where Passan um, just basically posted the statement from the owner's side about wanting federal mediation. 
Tyon replied, if the goal is to get players on the field ASAP, then why did it take 43 days after the lockout to even hear from MLB? Doesn't seem like a priority then. Why did we not get a counterproposal this week? It's all extremely tired antics slash optics. And uh, I do appreciate that Tyon has his grayed out silhouette of, of just a standard baseball player as his profile image. Zach Britton has the same thing on his Twitter. Britton also quote tweeted something. Most of the guys, but do. Scher- Scherzer, guys who you you referenced his tweets, Scherzer's still in a Dodgers uniform. But Scherzer tweeted, "We want a system where threshold and penalties don't function as caps, allows younger players to realize more of their market value, make service time manipulation a thing of the past, and eliminate tanking as a winning strategy." Of all, of- get off the tanking as a winning strategy bullshit. Like it's just I'm I'm. It's it's not a, it's not a real thing, and everybody's trying. There people are trying to make it a real thing. It's just not in baseball. I'm sorry. Well, it's not. I think what I, I agree with you. Like it's not the same thing as tanking in the NBA or the NFL to get the number one draft pick, right? Like the year that the Colts tanked for Andrew Luck. Like that was very obvious what they were doing. Yeah, we talked about this last week in the extent of like why. I, but it's I think so what different. he's but there's just a, it's a, it's a five year runway. People, it's a five year runway of all things that have to go very do, right. For that per- for that tank to actually like work out, but what about tanking and reducing your payroll while collecting revenue sharing? That I feel like is a bigger issue than just straight out tanking for say draft picks. It's we're the Cleveland Guardians or we're the insert small market team. We're going to have a fifty million dollar payroll, and I'm going to collect twenty million dollars in revenue sharing and not put that twenty million dollars back on the field. Rather put that twenty million dollars towards my bottom line. Like that's to me a much greater issue than tanking. Of course it is, absolutely. But the the when you're going out to the court of public opinion and you're trying to talk to uh, people and, and and lobby for both sides or whichever side you're on, when you start talking about the word tanking, it resonates with fans, and 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 fans hate the word tanking. Uh, it's just not applicable to me in baseball as much. It doesn't really. It doesn't affect. Uh, the the teams as as it's being discussed. Do you uh you have you been following the um the 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 stuff about um sorry I'm flubbing, uh, I'm uh, Brian Brian Flores uh, Brian Flores in the NFL who's suing su- yeah. yes and did you hear the part where um Stephen Ross uh, the owner of the Dolphins reportedly was paying him off offered him a hundred thousand dollars to lose games to tank for better draft picks. I've I've heard that. I I also just the there's there's uh conversations about that happening with the Browns as well. Yeah. So in football, right, so. in football, it makes sense. You get a a franchise quarterback or a you know a, a like a freak of an athlete wide receiver that can absolutely change a game. That's an impact that happens that year, that next year. Baseball is not the same. NBA, same, same deal. deal. You get, you get a guy, LeBron James a, in the draft. You, you're in the lottery. Like, yeah. Yeah, you have an option for the. They have the lottery, so there's a there's a. They have a mechanism in there to um, prevent the the quote tanking. But it still it's happens sure thing. because you get you increase your odds. Yeah, you to get into the lottery, absolutely. But but again, in NBA, the the difference being is these players that are drafted top ten, immediate impact, immediate impact to your team, to your franchise, to your bottom line. Baseball, not the same thing, not the same. It's a five year run. Also, one player in baseball can't can't make the ultimate difference really. You can't just win a championship right. with one player. You can obviously do that in those Los other Los Angeles sports. 
Los right. Angeles. Mike Trout is not winning the Angels, Angels a championship by himself. Done. However, LeBron James is going to win it, could and did win championships on his own. Quarterbacks in the NFL can certainly win championships on their own. Um, so it, it's so it's much a good, more it's important. A, it's a damn good start. Yeah. If it's if it's not on their own, it's a damn good start. Whereas baseball, yeah, you want that centerpiece guy, uh, but if you don't have the the right pieces around it, and again, to me, it doesn't even matter about the player. Fine, you want to tank and get the the, the like the greatest player that's ever come out of college or available from high school. Great, still have to have a really really good five years or four or five years. Everything has to go right. Consistency has to be there. Has to be able to prove it to the next level. It's just well, different. The Angels haven't made the playoffs since 2012, and they've had the best player yeah. of the last 50 years, basically. I mean, if you want to take out Barry Bonds and Roger Clark, like let's not go down that road again. But just like you know, Mike Trout's getting Mickey Mantle comparisons, Willie Mays comparisons, and they're they're justified comparisons. And the Angels can't sniff second place. Never, never in first place. No, they're they're a 500 team. They've been a 500 team for a very Where long time. Where would they be since. without Mike Trout? Oh, seven games under 500? 500, <laughs> they'd Great. be a 500 cool. team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the whole thing with... It's like the Rangers with A-Rod was, was a similar story. The uh, the whole thing, you know, this this past week with the, the rejection of the federal mediator, do you think this was... <laughs> so, you know, tinfoil hat time. Uh, come into my lair because that's how, that's how I operate. Why, why not? That, I mean, that's where we got to go. The owners must have known that it was going to get rejected, right, by the players. I mean, clearly. So, yeah, so they're they're yeah. Let's request the federal moderator, so the players reject it and look bad in the court of public opinion. Because I think for a lot of people who don't do their due diligence here and don't really know much about what's going on, they just see the headline: players reject owners' request for a moderator. Huh? Seems like one side is less willing to get a deal done in that statement, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, all I think both both sides you're going to start to see that is it a mediator? It's a mediator, not a moderator. But the okay. um, like, I think well, I seriously it a what is the difference and you're just Well, a moderator, a mediator is is the the person between the two to to come to a an agreement. Okay. A moderator I think is more a of facilitator. like facilitator, an organizer, a facilitator, yeah, like a point. So guard. what is a person is a moderator is someone who's like asking questions in a debate right yeah like a host okay but they're trying to control the conversation a little bit whereas a mediator is like you guys hate each other i'm here to try to make you not hate each other as much i mean as possible. is mediator like, just a fancy kind of word for lawyer yeah it, 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 it's a probably a very specific lawyer for for this type okay, of thing so i apologize for I, I don't know a moderator to, I don't, it's a mediator i don't know if you need a law degree to be a mediator oh, i bet you do i would assume but i'm I not sure you do can't just stay at a holiday inn last night and be a mediator you could with these with these guys <laughs> you absolutely could well don't you think maybe, that maybe that's my next profession my maybe my next fake profession should be <laughs> a mediator of collective bargaining agreements with hey, don't you think that they should just get like a like I'm good at Photoshop. I can do that. Get get five people with common sense, and collectively they can be the mediator to these two sides. And I feel like that can be as effective as any federal lawyers or mediators or moderators, for that matter. Just common sense is what, what I want. What happens if you just have What happens if you just have two people on either side that are not willing to go anywhere? What's the point of a mediator if, that, if that's the case? Yeah, when's the breaking point? Right. There's got to be. There's going to be a breaking point. No, the at break, some point. I mean, that's the thing, though. The break. The breaking point is it gets broken. That's the problem. The breaking point is a strike, and and coming back from a strike, 
the word strike is bad, you come, you, it's very difficult to come back from a strike. And for me, if you go, if, if, a, if a strike happens, right, let's, if I, that means the, the owners are mandating everybody to come back, no longer locking yep. out. Now the players are making the decision. That's digging in. Say it's March term. 1st, and, right? Let's just use March 1st as an example. Because I, I feel like they could get away with starting spring training on March 1st and still start the season on time. Yeah, it gives them a month of of training. You can cram in some preseason games, all that stuff. A month is what they need. That's what that's the amount of time that they took to, before the the shortened 2020 pandemic season. So if it's March 1st and the owners are saying lockouts lifted, show up, get your butts in camp. Then if the players don't, that's then it's a strike. Yeah, they'll they'll come out and again, Tony Clark will have a nice little Photoshop for uh, announcing that it's a strike. He'll probably come to a podium with some some uh, some some strong arm men, and uh, and yeah, they'll they'll talk about it being a strike that we're not going to go back under these under these uh, under these conditions because the uh, the owners are only looking out for themselves, not looking out for players, player safety, player you know the 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 continuation of players developing and and getting what they are earned, getting what they have earned. And it's not acceptable. That's what's going to happen. They, I don't know the answer to this. Could they just operate with no CBA? I don't think either one would. Because uh, how do you get the the pay structure? What be, it would just, become? It just, I think the pay structure is to what just it whatever it was, right? But you could still. It's it's like going month to month on a yeah, lease. I think it is. <laughs> Basically, I think it's just month to month on a lease. And like, I actually feel like that could be good for both sides. It's like, yeah, we're, we're not agreeing on anything. However, we're going to play baseball because that's they're not. I know do they're that, not going to risk do to that. injury. There's like a whole bunch of there's a whole lot of things why they won't do I, that. There's got to be some kind of a liability for owners having players in. Uh, there's got to be some kind of a liability issue there too. When you don't have the, a, a, a an agreement in place, but I think you just take what the previous agreement was, and that is serving as. I mean, that's total speculation. I don't know if that's true. Do you know? I have true? no clue if that's true. I, I'm using your month to month. We need a I'm using your to month to month lease analogy. Not. It's like actually, <laughs> I you know I just going back to like my days when I'm, I'm thinking about like outside college month to month lease was a great situation. Oh yeah, because when you had an uncertain you're just, future, you're just. It's like, oh, I might be, I might I'm be sorry. moving yeah, oh, yeah. in three months. In my months. 20s, everything was yeah. uncertain. Might be moving in three months. It gives you the, also the flexibility and the mindset. It gives you the mindset of like, I can move. I can move to wherever <laughs> I want to days. next month. So during, yeah. during the uh, pandemic, right? Like um, Leanne and I had decided we're, we're ending our lease in Manhattan. What do we want to do? Like we briefly entertained, like, should we just go live in Vermont for a while. Should we, could we go move to a state that we've never been to for a little while? Cause like everyone was work from home. There was no, like really no limitations. We had friends like <laughs> Leanne's cousin went to Colorado and skied for three months. Like I was like, insanely jealous. I was like, I want, I want to live your it's life. It's the same thing now. I mean, you could, both of us work it remotely. Is, we could live wherever but we want. I don't even know where I was going with this. It's just, um, yeah, it's a month-to-month month month thing. Month thing, right? Yeah. It's just like living by the seat of your thing. pants. Living on the edge. Live, living, living. It's the, it's the summer. Oh, I know where George. I was going with it. It's, but we, we ultimately decided, like, no, we're gonna have to be financially responsible because we got a baby on the way. Leanne at that point was like four months pregnant or something. So it's like you can't just go spending all your cash on a on a ski house in Colorado. It's like I got a kid who's gonna need to eat next year. 
damn kids ruin, ruining our so, dreams. So the players or the owners, I guess really it's more the players could decide, hey, we're in this for the short term. We're only players for 10, 12, 15 years if we're lucky. <laughs> Let's live it up in the moment, baby. Let's go month to month. You just can't stop in the middle of a season like that. That, that I mean, that would be, that would essentially be, you know, going, siding with the owners at that point because you're playing under their terms. What's the difference? Well, you're, you're just not signing it. You're just not signing the dive of line for it to be. You're playing under those you know, terms with for, the possibility of like tomorrow I might, I might not play. And until we get an agreement, you're not, you're still paying me. I'm still making money. We keep going on this hypothetical. I'm not even sure. This no, is a real it thing might because not be. Then with a, there's no possible way it's a real thing because the amount of logistics that have to go into that, you can't just like all of a sudden be like, nah. I mean, that would require me to Once do. I Googled it and nothing came up on the first page. So <laughs> I'm not doing more research than that. That's fine. We can live. It doesn't really matter because not going to change anything, but we can live in this imaginary world. It's like the metaverse. It's the metaverse of, of CBAs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's talk about some actual baseball if there's a season in in 2022. Fangraphs, what's our podcast going to be about if the if they don't play baseball? We're going to have to come up with a new topic. So like. do you remember when we did the episode with Sam and Mac from The Rumor and we were talking about yes. conspiracy theories and the JFK assassination? I, I will do a series of podcasts about the JFK assassination. I have just the JFK oh my assassination? God, I could. I could I'll go deep. What can we just make it about conspiracies and then we just pick up a new conspiracy every okay, week? Okay, but I'm really like I've I've done a lot of looking into a lot of reading about the JFK assassination. So that's the one I'm really passionate about. <laughs> I've read multiple books about it. I gotta be honest with you. I don't care if you're passionate about one specific conspiracy. <laughs> I think that makes me not want to do it, to be honest, because then you know way too much and you're going to be that we would need a mediator for that one if that's the case. So, I would rather you go off of like very much like it just happened we read it an hour before Wikipedia. we podcast and then and then react to so instead much each more fun. episode should just be we maybe skim a Wikipedia article about a conspiracy and talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, because right now clearly you're way too brainwashed about this JFK one way or the other. I don't we know what it, it is. We could tie it to sports, though. I think we would find out. Pretty we could quickly. tie it to sports, and like we could do sports conspiracy theories because there's a lot of those, right? Like um, the the one I'm thinking of from the Last Dance, where it's like the Jordan flu game. Like, was did he have a poisoned pizza? Right. Did he drink too much? Like, what's going on here with that right. Jordan flu game? Did Scottie Pippen put something in the yeah. coffee? Who knows? Yeah, there's. No, I could go down this rabbit hole. This this rabbit hole of uh, of of the unknown, even though it actually is known, 
is a great place to live. So if baseball doesn't happen, I'm kind of hoping baseball rather than talking about off, so we can do that because that sounds fun. I'm just saying, rather than talking about the way that Tony Clark is reacting to a certain thing that Rob Manfred is saying, we should talk about conspiracy theories. Sure, that's the plan. Well, Fangrass released some AL East projections: should the season happen and should they play 162 games? And your New York Yankees are projected to finish first with 90 wins. Okay, last year they won 92 games. They finished in third place. But Zips Fangrass Projections is only projecting 90 wins for the Yankees, 89 wins for the Blue Jays, 88 wins for the Rays, 83 wins for the Red Sox, and the Orioles are in the in the basement with 64 wins. So Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, which we know are the four teams, the four juggernauts in that division, 90, 89, 88, 83. What surprises you about these projections? I guess it's 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 probably that in order to get to these numbers with the the leader of the AL East having 90 wins, there's two things. The the division's going to beat up on each other, which I agree with. You know, you're looking at probably 500 records-ish around there besides everybody with the Orioles, although they gave way too many wins to the Orioles probably. And and the other thing it's leading me to believe is that uh that they believe that the AL in general is better. So they'll be losing more games outside the division. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know if I agree agree with that. Like, I do think that there'll be dogfights in the AL East for sure. Um, I think that the Orioles should get steamrolled still, no matter. <laughs> They're still not good. And I still think there's some really bottom-heavy teams um, in the... Uh, some The AL has some bottom some bottom feeders for sure. It's just a matter of the amount of games that the AL East is playing. The, the winner of the AL East, basically the last three seasons has been the team that goes 18 and two or 18 and one or 17 and three against the Orioles. Like the team that right. demolishes the Orioles gets the jump on everyone else. And that was the Rays last year. They won a hundred games. They're projected to be 88 games. So minus 12 games this year. That, that seems like too big of a dip for the Rays. I still think the Rays are a good team. The Red Sox 92 to 83 wins. So they're projecting the Red Sox to take a massive step back. Um, I agree. The Yankees. What what is so different about the Rays that they're they're knocking good, down? Good question. Wins? I, I, I couldn't figure that. that out because there are, there's a lot of very young talent that's getting better on that team. Also, that's, yeah, I, I couldn't figure that out. I don't see them. Maybe I don't see them winning 100 games again. However, like 95 games. Like what? Like they're a good team. They're the best team in the division. I think. Yeah, they are. No, absolutely. And they have they 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 have the number one prospect that's actually turning into a very good player. Um, on their team for a very long time and only probably going to get better. So I I don't see much of a dip from them as I didn't. And they really haven't changed a ton. The year before that, they changed a good amount and got better, stayed around the same. Like they didn't dip at all. They traded Blake Snell. That's the beauty about that organization. They figure they it out. They traded Blake Snell. On a, on a, they let Charlie Morton walk. And then they had Glass now go down with injury in the middle of the season and they still won 100 games. Yep. And so I think the Yankees projecting to win the division, I think, is certainly doable. However, I don't know if it's doable with the roster that they currently have. Like they, they still need to make addition. They don't have a short. They still need. They don't make They don't have here. a roster right now. <laughs> like, okay, you're saying this is we're in, we are in such a weird place. It is February 9th. We do not have a shortstop. Like literally, do not have a shortstop for the team, <laughs> and and there is you know there are positions in flux. We do not know what the makeup of this team will look like. And it's February so 9th, I, like not even close. I, so how can you it's say crazy. the Yankees are going to win the division in this exactly. current state? They have to make some, 
there's a lot of assumptions that have to be made here. You're saying, okay, after the lockout ends, they're going to actually get a major league shortstop and sign Freddie Freeman, which John Heyman tweeted, which I feel like he tweets about every 25 days. The Yankees are interested in Freddie Freeman. Uh, Yeah, you're saying that they add Freddie Freeman and a competent shortstop and they're going to win 90 games or 94 games and win the division. Cool. Yeah, I'm on board. But but right now, all of this is complete horseshit. From at what point is John Heyman getting information that's different now? (laughs) What has changed now than 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 it was a month ago? Nothing. Nothing has changed. Nobody's talking. They're not doing anything. They don't make any preparations. Agents are not talking with play, uh, with teams. Like, Do you want to know what changed? Okay, this is complete speculation. You want to know what changed? It, I know what changed is that they're these guys. I feel bad for them. They need things to yeah. talk about. They need to. They need things. John to talk Heyman about. opened up his twenty eight day Twitter report and saw a decrease in engagement, and he's like, "What yeah. can I say well, that's going to get a bunch Yankees. of Yankees fans retweeting me?" Oh yeah, here's one. Freddie Freeman. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> Great. That's that's awesome. I'll take Freddie Freeman. Hey, did you know long. the Yankees are but also going to be in on Bryce Harper and Manny Machado? <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. So what a mistake. It, it, what a it's mistake. just things like these that we're trying to fill our time with as, as we talk about some actual baseball. And you you did allude to it that the minor leaguers not on the 40-man roster have started minicamp in Tampa. Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe are two that obviously everyone's going to be keeping an eye on i'll get into some non-40 man roster from behind a fence video of them field, fielding ground balls like i'm here for that I'll, I'll i'll click like on those tweets i just need something to i need to look at something so it makes me feel warm because i'm i'm getting I'm, I'm i need to start thawing out <laughs> like this is the time when we start thawing out and and we start getting ready and we start hearing the crack of the bat and everybody gets all excited about the the sounds of baseball and and while we may have some there's there's just a, there's, there's a haze. So a residual effect of there being a lockout is that MLB players are not being drug tested right now. And that's crazy. So I think it, uh, so just quickly reading from an AP news article, testing for steroids was halted for the first time in nearly 20 years due to the expiration of the sports drug agreement as part of the CBA between the league's management and players association. And then they quoted Chief Executive Officer of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, quote, it should be a major concern to all those who value fair play. So so he's saying... Dude, the AP is straight up working for the for the owners at this um, point. And the, the, the narratives that are coming out from the AP, which if you glance over that, you're like, oh yeah, Associated Press, that's just like a... That's an organization that just spits facts out. Well, no, the no. AP had that article where they like, quoted Boris Corp about how the players' salaries are declining. So they're playing both sides of the fence, the AP. They're 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 definitely on the payroll. There's no doubt. I about saw a it. tweet from Fuzzy at Fuzzy from Vermont. Big YouTuber. Uh and he said if MLB actually did say F it and allowed players to use steroids, who's the one player you think would benefit the most? He says, I'll start Michael Brantley. I'm tweaking the question. Who's the one player on the Yankees that would benefit most from doing steroids and it being allowed. Well, I, I would have I would have used the same person on whether it was the Yankees or not. But uh yeah, it's it's uh it's my boy, DJ LeMahieu. Oh, interesting. I didn't think you were gonna say DJ LeMahieu. So do you think DJ LeMahieu needs to do some HGH to recover from that injury? Well, I think if DJ LeMahieu was was able to put some clear and cream on, which he wouldn't because he's he's just a straight shooter. That's the way that's the way DJ LeMahieu operates. 
But if he were, if we were going down this rabbit hole of talking about this horrible thing that doesn't allow uh, you know people to get in the Hall of Fame because of DJ LeMahieu would benefit from it because of the amount of contact that man makes. I think every person who plays baseball right now that that has a high contact rate would benefit from steroids massively. So two players came to my mind. <clears throat> the first one being Gary Sanchez, because I feel like if Gary Sanchez could do steroids and get in like tip top shape, maybe that could turn things around for him. But the one that really stuck out in my mind was Glaber Torres, because I think steroids, I imagine it's a confidence booster for players because they think mentally I have an edge because I'm on something that the other guy throwing me the throwing the baseball to me is not on. Right. Like, it, like, you know how that can be. If you're feeling good, things can happen. You can. Yeah, of course, it gives you, you confidence. Perform, steroids, this is not a. This is not a leap. You can for you. perform the steroids above gives you confidence. maybe yes, what you correct. ordinarily would perform just because you have that confidence. Even if it's a placebo effect, we see placebo tests all the time where people think they're getting the benefit of drugs, but really they just got a sugar pill. So let's give Glaber Torres some confidence that he needs because I feel like he can be mentally weak. However, if he has confidence, but he's back at second base, he so he doesn't need all-star it player that he was. He used to be back in 2019, which is a little, just a little. Confidence boost. That's all he needs. Confidence boost. I'd argue against it that that if he had some juice in him, he would be uh, he would go back to home run Glaber and and the swing would get all jacked up and he would be striking out a hell of a lot more. So, you know, again, high contact guys to me will would be affected uh, the the most because they go back to ball and that will just be enhanced and the ball will be hit harder and but further. I, so everything that. Most studies about steroids and the impact that it has in baseball specifically is less about like, oh, I'm going to hit this ball instead of hitting it 370 feet, it's going to go 380 feet. So it's going to be a home run and more about the ability for recovery time and constant. You're basically always on your A game, even in the dog days of July and August. Mark McGuire talked about that before he broke the home run record, he talked about how doesn't matter if you hit 15 or 20 home runs in April and May and you're on pace to hit 70 home runs. The hard part is August, July and August, when you've played 130 games and you're tired and it's 98 degrees outside, hitting two home runs that night. That's the hard part. However, with steroids, it's not hard anymore. It's not hard anymore because you're 100% on August 16th when normally you'd be 80% or 73%. Yeah. So again, for me, if it's a guy that that can make a ton of contact and just has really good bat to ball skills, then that 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 gets enhanced even more because that guy's feeling good also in August and he's he's locked in. He's going three for he's going three for five every night. Like that that guy that guy DJ LeMahieu on steroids is one thousand percent breaking uh, four hundred <laughs> for for batting average. One thousand percent. There's no doubt about it. He's he's probably he's probably setting uh, or getting close to like doubles records because he's going to hit a lot of gaps, a lot of gaps, and you know maybe he can DJ LeMahieu on steroids could absolutely one thousand percent be the Yankees everyday you have shortstop. Any idea what the doubles record for a single season is? I don't know the number. Do you who what what era? It was in the. Do you have it, it in, in the nineteen thirties? Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I'm out. 67 doubles by Earl Webb in 1931. 67 doubles. That's the record? It's mm-hmm. a lot of doubles, dude. What's the most? Do you have a list right there? 
Yeah. Uh, Earl Webb's. Give me somebody from the, who's the most recent from the modern era? Like, Mattingly was a doubles machine. Um, Todd Helton, 2000, uh-huh. 59. That's the most recent. That's the that's the highest. That's the highest most recent. Nick Castellanos, 2019, had 58. Uh, Garrett Anderson in 2002 had 56. Craig Biggio, 1999, 56. Nomar, 2002, 56. Mm, a couple some steroids guys in the steroid era. You're, you're mentioning your boy right there. Jose Ramirez is on here from 2017. I'm trying to find a Yankee on this list. <laughs> How many Alex did Rodriguez, Andujar 1996. Have? So he did it 1996 with 54 doubles. How many did Anduar have as rookie like year? 40 or 41? Something like that. It's pretty. It was a pretty high, high amount. Felt like yeah, he was 27 away. It's actually, I, I'm if I'm it, just reacting to that number, it's lower than I was it would have expected. What do you think it was gonna be like 100? I think it would. Have, I was expecting it to be closer to 100. Yeah, I was expecting it to be in the 80s as as like as the record. Mm-hmm. That's surprising to me that the record for, is still is is held from 1930. Granted, the parks were massive, right. and and they didn't hit the ball over the fence. <clears throat> balls they used baseballs for an entire game, and they used rocks. <laughs> like what, yeah. one baseball was used per game. Okay, and and the fence in left center field at Yankee Stadium was 700 feet. Yeah, there were a lot of doubles. That's the bottom line. I think that the Yankees would more benefit from from some HGH over steroids. Just keep everyone healthy. That I think like get Aaron Hicks on the field for 140 games. Why are we why are we limiting it? Why can't we put them? Why can't we? Why can't they do pull both? an Andy Pettit? And I only used it to recover from injury. Okay, pull an Andy Pettit. People, I believe him. <laughs> oh, so yeah, yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, the last thing, unfortunately, ending on a sad note. Uh, former Yankee and. Former MLB player Jared Williams passed away after a battle with cancer. Derek Jeter posted something from the Players' Tribune on social media. Gerald Williams passed away this morning after a battle with cancer to my teammate and one of my best friends in the world. Rest in peace, my brother. Yeah, Jeter and, and Gerald Williams were were boys. He, Gerald Williams was in that HBO documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gerald. I mean, Gerald Williams is long, longtime friend of Jeter publicly. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was one of the guys like taking the cell phones when he go into those parties. <laughs> he's got the, he's like, got they were, the they were very much. Yeah, they were they were uh, they were good friends. I didn't even know. I didn't know he was he he had cancer and was battling. I, I don't I don't think I had heard that. So definitely, uh, that's sad. Really sad. For anyone who played All Star Baseball '98 '99 on the N64, you will know what I'm about to say. You will get this reference. Gerald Ice Williams. I don't know if you ever played that, Scott, but John Sterling actually did the calls in that game. And every time Gerald Williams stepped to bat, he threw in the the Ice nickname for Gerald Williams, which I appreciated. Nice. Which which what your what game William, was that? The one I played the most was All Star Baseball '99 on um on N64. 64. Um, I think Larry Walker was on the cover of that one. Yes, Larry Walker was on the cover of All Star Baseball '99. That was the one I played the most. Gerald Ice Williams. That's a that's a great reference. So rest in peace, Gerald Williams. Um, and uh, anything else you want to talk about? No, man. You know, <laughs> just just uh, just start talking to each other and uh, get close. I don't to know. Peace. Like, what else are we gonna like? You might get a conspiracy theory episode next week. That's all I'm saying. Just brace yourself mentally for it. I gotta tell you, there the the whole the whole story about the family swap with the two Yankees back in the sixties, I think it was. That's 60s, not a conspiracy 70s. theory, though. It's not a conspiracy. Well, there you 
I could I could go conspiracy on this one. It's interesting. Do you want to do a segment it's on it next week? Definitely. We don't have to dedicate a whole episode to it, but we can spend 20 minutes talking about it. You and I can We should talk do some about independent it. research. It's a really it's crazy. It's crazy. These two dudes swapped families. When I was doing the history episodes and I was asking for su- suggestions, this one came up quite a bit and I never Fritz got to Peterson, it. Peterson, is that so right? So I Let's each take you know an hour of our time over the next week and do some reading on it, and then we can have a discussion about it next week. Let's do it. All right, all right, everybody. Appreciate you listening. Thanks everyone who's giving us a a re- rating and review on on all the different apps. I, I see the Spotify ones are are coming in fast and furious, so definitely appreciate that. But also, don't forget about Apple and all the other platforms. There's that is one of the main ways that it helps the show out. If uh, just showing your love and appreciation for 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 the content, so definitely appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much, and we will talk. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.